This episode is sponsored by SoFi. Borrow more with less money down. Find out how at SOFI.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Give your life a financial colonic. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend Andrew. And Andrew, I never thought that a guest would have us <laughs> read a catchphrase with a colon cleanse joke in it, but there it is. Yeah, I didn't know what that was until I had I had to Wikipedia it. I was pretty certain what it was, and then in my head I was like, you know, this has nothing to do with smelling good. Um, it's definitely about anuses. Clean your financial butt out, basically. Mm. That's what we're doing. Yep. Clean out your finances like you would an anus. <laughs> I want to read parts of this Wikipedia article, but I'm not because there's probably someone like eating lunch right now while listening to this episode. <laughs> anyway, what are you drinking, man? Um, I am. I'm a big fan of Rogue. And I found a French roast. It's freshly roasted Rogue Farm malts. Uh, it tastes like it, it's good. It's a little nutty. Does it taste like coffee-ish? Kind of. You know, it smells a little coffee-ish. Okay. Coffee. Well, I mean, French roast, so. Mm. That sounds like coffee to me. It's, it's pretty tasty. Well, it looks like you have your La Croix. I got a La Croix. Yeah. What flavor? This is the melon pomelo one. It's cantaloupe and pink grapefruit. So I'm not sure why they have melon on there, but mm. I don't know. Maybe it's some different language. I'm, I'm sure it's like French or something. Sounds like something you should drink on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, usually when I'm on vacation and I go south, I try to find Topo Chico because I can never find Topo Chico here. What is that? It's just like a, it's a mineral sparkling water from Mexico. Mm. And for whatever reason, I just like it. <laughs> anyway, dude, this is our hundredth episode together. That's insane. At least that's what you've told me. Yeah, that that's, that's what, um, that's true. It doesn't feel like it because I've been doing the college info geek podcast for, Oh, three and a half years now. Oh and shit. We are only on episode like 115 or 16 or something like that. And, I've only been doing this show for a year and a half now. So we were very ambitious in the beginning. We were like, yeah, we're, we're doing do three episodes a day. Cause that's less than seven, but Woo! two more than we want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, we eventually toned down, but I'm surprised that we caught up so quick mm. where my show is, but yeah. So today we were going to do a, uh, an episode where we shared 10 lessons from a hundred episodes. So basically if I, understand your idea correctly you're going to share like five and i'll share five and yeah basically show people that we learn 10 percent of what goes in our ears at least exactly and the other 90 percent <laughs> is just bullshit anyway so <laughs> yeah which makes sense it's like 50 percent we're talking all of that is bs and then mm. you know we learn about 20 percent of our guests stuff and it all adds up <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, all right yeah. so why don't you start us off here what have you learned from 100 episodes so in, in no particular order, although this one is the first one and maybe it's, it's meant to, you know, fluff you slightly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, something that actually had a very big impact on me was, uh, one of the very first, if not the first episode we did, uh, it's called habits and Thomas's ridiculous morning routine, which was ridiculous. And I don't think <laughs> I would ever do, I don't think I would ever be like, brushed my teeth like check but um you kind of opened my eyes to uh what can be achieved one 
in the morning or like just kind of uh, making better use of my time mm. where I would sleep in. And I, so I, I don't work, wake up nearly as early as you do, but I do wake up earlier and I do get things done in the morning and I have a bit more relaxing morning. So it's helped me get shit nice. done, um, makes me happier. I've been usually getting something done um, when I get home from work. So I kind of like bookend work with like one or two things on either end. Um, you bookend work with more work. It, exactly. Yay. We'll just kind of like really batch it in there. Yeah. And just, um, I, I think it's the power of the routine in that I generally suck at doing things. But if I just get into the habit of like, so for example, every morning now, Laura and I take a walk and um, it burns. We, we, I wound up taking uh, like on average, like 12 to 15,000 steps a day as a result. And it's better for my wow. health. I get to hang out with her and talk. And it's it's like a routine we built into our lives. Um, yeah. and, and it makes good things easier. So is, cause I know Laura used to walk with you to the path. Is that the walk or do you guys do like an additional one before that now? Um, so now we take a, a longer walk. Um, okay. we walk both Saturday and Sunday, usually a very hmm. long walk. And on the days I work from home, um, instead of walking to the path, we take a very long walk. Sometimes on the weekend, maybe we'll take two walks and it's just kind of, we discuss things that are on our mind and just kind of enjoy looking at the city sometimes walk along the water yeah oh it's man you have such like a beautiful area to walk in i would Every do it way it more my mind dude yeah and then i live in the boring suburbs i'm so excited to not live in the boring suburbs because i will probably do the exact same thing um my morning routine has definitely changed since that episode in fact there was a period of time where i completely fell off that morning routine and it took me a while to get back to using Habitica. Did, did um, your B-Minder send out a few things and you had to pay people and stuff? No, or? no. I actually stopped using that. The, I've been waking up early just fine. Mm. Because ever since I started skating, like, I have to. I get up at 5.15 on Monday, Wednesday, oh, Friday now. Wow. Because I have to. You know, I got to get there by 6.30. That's when my lesson is. And um, now what happens is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do my lesson at 6.30. And then I drive back to Ankeny. And Anna meets me at the gym. And we live together. And then each of us go to the coffee shop and we read books together. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I started this little 20 arrows. Yeah. 25 pages a day of reading every single day challenge for three months, which is going to be done very soon. As we record this, it's the 16th of June and it's it ends June 30th. You you've told me about that. Uh, multiple times and every time you tell me I am like jealous because I, I <laughs> want to read more um, do it so far I've read 2400 pages wow it's been pretty good um, but that's kind of the routine now and I, I get some time to spend with Anna through that routine and then Tuesdays and Thursdays I've actually kind of tried to clear things out because the one thing I've been noticing is all these crazy morning routine stuff if you let it get too big you run out of time to work <laughs> but I'm glad I could help you habitualize your mornings a little bit better. Have you still been uh, keeping with your routine? Because, I mean, it's been a while since we yeah, did that. Yeah, so um, it actually, you we'd done the episode, I mean, almost 100 episodes ago. And uh, I was very slow on the uptake. Um, but I've been trying. And okay. uh, I, I've actually gotten a lot better. And I, I think I was maybe resistant to it before. I thought it was like crazy. But it mm -hmm. actually makes it all a lot easier. Cool. So I guess I'll take a lesson now. 
Now, I did not tie these lessons to individual episodes, and maybe we can do that with some of mine. But my first one, you've been yelling at me about this for a long time. Mm. Uh, the first lesson that I've learned from doing 100 episodes with you has been the importance of delegating work. <laughs> because you've just been getting on me about like, Tom, you're overloading yourself. You're doing so many things you don't need to be doing. Why are you editing your podcast? Why are you answering emails yourself? Why are you doing all these things you don't need to? And when I started the show with you, I remember I was resistant to delegating anything. I was like, no, I, I do it perfectly. I know exactly how I want it to be done. I'm just going to do it. So today, Martin is editing and writing the show notes and doing everything for the podcasts other than recording. So like he and I record our episodes together or I'll record interviews with guests but once I'm done recording, he takes it now. Anna does social media images for the podcast and is starting to work on infographics for um, other articles. And eventually I'm going to have her take on like everything related to the graphics for all articles except for thumbnails. Because mm. I do like designing my own thumbnails. And then Ransom's writing an article almost every week now. So Got yourself a team, man. Not, I, yeah, I'm not perfect at delegating it. In fact, I can show you on the camera here. People can't see this, but I'll show you because professionals have been podcasting. Who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll paint a picture with words here. I wrote down like this is everything involved in a video and this is everything involved in a podcast. Oh, dude, and then I, I need to do that. Everything that I had to be involved in. It's so like with a podcast, only research and recording are circled. Everything else, outreach, scheduling, idea generation, studio setup, editing, show notes, social images, and sharing to Reddit. All that stuff could be done by somebody else. Dude, you you, you've not only started delegating, you've become better than I have at it. I don't know about that, man. You, you got a pretty well-oiled machine going here. But I did notice like with videos, far more things are circled because it's, you know, videos are my craft. But some things aren't, you know. Um I could actually, I could probably have Ransom write the articles once I have a script. I could be like, hey, turn this script into a great article. I haven't done that yet, but that's probably where the next step is going to be. So the area where I'm having trouble now is like dealing with the, the flipping and flopping from the maker to the manager's type schedule. Because a lot of days I'll wake up and I'll be like, man, I really wish I could dedicate this day to just opening up my calendar and letting myself make something. But I got to get with Martin and get updates and I got to edit this post from ransom and all this stuff. It's like very managerial. Mm. So I'm still, still working on it and I probably always will be. And you could but. probably put a process in place to, to even limit that stuff. Yeah. So the real, the real big like day to day incremental improvement thing is in Asana. I've got a project called standard operating procedures and I've just been writing articles in there that break down exactly how to do certain processes you know, I'm really glad that um, one that that you're doing it. You definitely see more relaxed, and like your business is is growing a lot as a result. But uh, I tend to lecture or get on tirades, <laughs> and and sometimes, uh, and it, it actually happens more often than I like to admit. Uh, is I, I kind of get on that train of saying things, and um, some people just turn out to hate me, <laughs> and, and then they just don't want to work with me or anything anymore. So. See, I think I'm pretty good at taking all this stuff in stride. Mm. So, and I usually see the the logic in the parts that make sense, and then if parts don't make sense, I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense for me. Mm. Makes sense for Andrew. That's fine. All right, do your next lesson. So my next one, um, 
really inspired me. I, you know, maybe I'm just like slow on the uptake because I'm looking at it. It took me a while to kind of for it to really sink in, or maybe I mold on it a lot. Um, I'm not sure this is in order, uh, but we did an episode with Allison. It was called Allison's Real Estate Investing Strategy. Yeah, and I found it fascinating. Um, and she had yeah. shared a spreadsheet with me, which I found doubly fascinating. It's actually available if you join the community. Um, I've, I've shared with people at work. Uh, I use it like religiously. Uh, I'm about to release like an update where I added like a few pieces in. Um, and just, uh, I really require like a major, a uh, mind shift from me and how I approach like my wealth building. And, um, yeah. So I was just very inspired by it. And um, the way that she does it is such an approachable way that doesn't require a lot of money up front. It actually requires very little money up front. Um, So, yeah. I can't remember. Does Allison get private funding for her properties or do they just buy them outright? um, They uh, they get uh, bank loans. At least last I remember. They got bank loans, right? Yeah. Clayton Morris is the one who gets private funding, right? Which is a whole separate thing. And. Yeah, I actually wouldn't. Uh-huh. Oh, really? So you are you saying you don't recommend working with Clayton, or you don't recommend getting private funding for uh, real estate purchases at all? You know, all? I don't want to say I don't recommend working with Clayton. I want I, I want to say that he was not what I was looking for. Okay. Um, to start, I, I knew limited stuff, and I really needed a bit of handholding. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe someone to uh, have their ass a little bit on the line as well. So Clayton's for like the, I know I got my shit together. I know what I'm doing. Find me a property. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of a guy. Yeah. So, so you, if, if you were a complete beginner, you would want to find someone else, you but know, you're like, not saying that private money is a bad way to go. No, no. And I haven't tried private money and I may try okay. that in the future. I see Clayton as like in three to five years from now, as mm-hmm. I've worked the kinks out, I may just go to Clayton to source properties. Cause he has his okay. finger on the pulse there. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, so yeah, Allison's was cool. And I liked how they were just like, you know, we're going to buy one property and then over time scale up. And what was their goal again? Do they have a certain number of houses they wanted to have? I think they did. It was like 20. Uh, yeah. I wanted like to say 20 as well. And that may be completely off, but and I think they had five when we interviewed her, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really cool because she's a, she's a great example of a normal family who just through hard work and time now have five properties and they're well on their way to completely constructing something that will pay for their retirement. That's why I found it like really inspiring is because it's not like they're like making some insane amount of money or they came into, well, you know, it just really was through being diligent, smart. Yeah. Um, and like, wasn't her husband like in the military or something? Um, her husband is. And so they yeah. have to move often. And yeah. as a result, they've actually been able to flavor a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the whole story is very interesting. Yeah, that was a really cool episode. And I, I love Allison. She's in the community. She's like um, a main educator in the community. Yeah, she really is. So cool. So my second lesson is working with this podcast has taught me that basically funds aren't the only place to invest your money. And one of the best places to invest your money might be yourself or your own business. Mm. And what I mean by that specifically is at one point I was like, I'm going to be putting X number of dollars into my investments. So, and I have it perfectly calculated out so that I will have like $900,000 by the time I'm 40 
and then I can quote unquote retire. And not to mention that plan was so awesome. It got you on Fox News. Yeah. So super awesome <laughs> plan. And there's like a little bit of sunk cost there because like, oh, I went to the news. Obviously, I should stick to it. But then I kind of I came to realize over time that if I'm putting money there, then I'm taking money away from my business. Now, if I was just working a normal job, then I think that would still be probably the best strategy. Mm-hmm. Invest my money. But because I'm building a business, if I can identify an opportunity where investing some extra cash may actually provide me with a better return later on, then maybe I should kind of move away from that principle of I'm going to retire at 40 using index funds and put it into a potentially better investment with my business. So the example here. I was just going to ask you for an example. Yeah. So the example here is that my friend Martin, um, wanted to quit his job because he was doing eight hours a day of programming and two hours a day of driving. And it was like he had, his arms were injured basically, and he could never heal them Mm. because his job would basically just keep giving him RSI forever. And, uh, I was like, you know what? My money's going to sit in my account and make 5% or I can hopefully help my friend heal and be able to continue working for the rest of his life. So I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. If uh, you want to do this, I'll pay you enough to like live and pay the bills. And then you just try to help build College of Geek. You know, and it was a very casual arrangement at first, but that was like my first investment. And now like he's proven his worth. He's really, really gung ho about building a business. And I've almost, he's not like a partner in the business, but he acts like one and I've scaled up how much I'm paying him now. And a lot of the money that I would be currently putting to my investments, I'm using to pay him. And hopefully in the future, I can scale up to bring him on as like a full employee or team member or something. And the amount of work I'm able to do now is ridiculously increased. And he can go and do a bunch of research and stuff that I don't have time for. And you're able to focus on the things that you should be doing, like the, yeah. the things that Thomas is good at that others aren't. Mm-hmm. For me, investing doesn't just mean Vanguard funds anymore. Mm. There's a lot of ways to do it. And, you know, to a degree, there's also real estate investing, stuff like that. I haven't gotten into that yet, but doing this show has kind of opened my mindset to I'm willing to do types of investing that require a bit more research or a bit more of work on my part. Whereas when I started, it was like, throw money at some fund, don't think about it. Mm. You know, and to maybe further on that, we just uh, talked to the guy from Family Inc., And oh yeah, uh, he you know treat your treat your uh, family like a business, and basically the biggest thing you're selling is your labor. And if you invest in yourself, so say not your own business, but you invest in yourself and education or skills, mm-hmm. you're increasing the value of that labor and poss- possibly the future return or the total return. Um, yeah. you know, which is important because you have if you have eighty hours to put in, and you're putting in eighty hours no matter what. You know, and that eighty hours could be twenty dollars, forty. $200, you know, some of it could yeah, be a big so, difference. Like here's a great example of, of something that doesn't involve having your own business. Hmm. Say you, you know, you work in IT and you got like an hour lunch break every day. Uh, you could go grab one of those like Microsoft certification books, hmm. read through that at lunch every day. And then, yeah, maybe the test is 500 bucks, but now you have, you know, or like a CCNA certification or CCNA Microsoft CCNA cert- is like worth its weight in gold, basically. Yeah. So you got that. Like maybe you had just, you know, an associate's degree or something before that. Now you've got these professional certifications under your belt. You paid 500 bucks for it. You spent, you know, a couple of months teaching yourself all the, the ins and outs on how to pass the test. But now you can go get a job that pays you so much more. Mm. You know, same can be said for going back to college if you determine that it's worthwhile investment. I definitely so, yeah. agree. 
Boom. Um, Next lesson for you, sir. Okay, so um, two two of them are similar, um, different episodes, but I'm going to tie them together. So the next one um, was Real Estate Investments Without the Mess with Chris Clothier. And I was very interested in investing in real estate. Uh, Allison actually used Chris and his company, uh, company Memphis Invest. She introduced right. us. It was the turnkey thing, right? Yeah. And so part of it was, you know, Laura and I, I go to work. We, we want to have our life. Uh, we're obviously building LMM, which takes a lot of time. Uh, but I really wanted to um, create some additional passive income streams that didn't rely on my hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't I didn't know much about real estate. And I honestly, I don't really want to know all that much about real estate. I don't want to a uh, light bulb's broken and the tenant calls me. I, that's not my job. I, yeah, I'm a website builder. Um, and so understanding that one that this was a thing, how it works, um, you know, the expectations of return, stuff like that. Uh, and then how someone like Chris even makes his money. Cause then my thought would have been like, why does he just not own all these properties himself? Like I, what, yep. what's the catch? And so, you know, Allison kind of uh, really introduced me to the concept of real estate investing as something a normal person can do. And then introducing me to Chris in that episode allowed me to understand that, I, it doesn't have to be a time sink. It could just be an investment. Yeah. Cool. You've heard about SoFi and refinancing your student loans, but you might not have heard how big the experience can really be. Meet Katie. You know, I was embarrassed to even talk about my finances. And then when I saw this opportunity to just save a few bucks, like that opened the door for me. And then I actually did start reaching out, asking for help, talking to loan advisors. And I'm not ashamed to talk about my finances anymore. What motivated you to finally refinance? I really wanted to buy a house and I thought any dollar towards saving would be a good reason. So I consolidated all my high interest rate loans and now I have a house. So (laughs) 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 win-win. How much did you actually wind up saving? Around $100 a month. Yes. Wow. And 21 or 22 year old Katie would have been like a hundred bucks, whatever. I spend that on alcohol on a weekend. (laughs) But now I'm like, dang, like that's my meals for half the month. How did you hear about SoFi? So we have a online group globally for uh, millennials, and they sent us an email encouraging us to check out consolidating our loans. And then um, I think it was like a 0.25% interest rate deduction for going through SoFi through my company. Wow. Do you have any advice that you give younger people about student loans and the cost of education? Uh, yeah. So student loans are a thing that you have to pay back. Like I know that it just gets dropped into your bank account at the beginning of the quarter or semester, but don't use it as free money. Use it as, I don't know, transport to your future. <laughs> <laughs> that was deep. That was deep. <laughs> I, I try. <laughs> you can now save even more because SoFi is partnered with 400 companies. Find out how you can save at SOFI.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com slash legal. This was actually pretty fun. See, talking about finances doesn't have to be scary.
We're always talking about saving money, and there's a new app that puts cash in your pocket for everyday shopping. It's called Ibotta. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. No coupons or remembering promo codes. Instead, download the Ibotta app to earn cash on groceries, electronics, restaurants, clothes, and of course, beer. Just unlock, shop, and get cash. Download Ibotta free from the App Store and get $10 just for trying it when you enter the code MONEY. Ibotta, for cash back every time you shop. So the next one that I've got is kind of a curveball. Mm -hmm. And the lesson is that you and I can disagree and it's fine. (laughs) And the the example here is 401k borrowing Mm. because we did the episode on how to borrow from your 401k and we just got roasted by it. Yeah, it was one of those few episodes. We just internet ganged up on us. So what that ended up leading to was I ended up going and doing a ton of research. I was reading through academic papers on like the large scale effects of 401k borrowing policies, all this stuff. And you're still of a mind that it's a legitimate tool to use. If you know what you're doing, you can borrow from your 401k. And usually the effective interest rate is going to be lower or at least at par with what you're going to get getting a loan from a bank or something or using your credit card obviously is way worse. So, and I agree with you that the tool is useful if you know how to use it. But then my, I guess my kind of point was the research showed that people's behavior doesn't necessarily match rationality. So I came at it from a more of like a policymaking standpoint. And I think we still kind of like disagree here. Well, I think you came up, (laughs) I think you like uncovered a lesson that I, that I learned um, maybe about just doing this uh, is that like for for me oh, and I'm yeah. not income insecure, uh, but I it might not have been appropriate in the way right. that we approached it to bill it as a solution because um, to, we ha- we and and me especially had to be aware that we say things and people yeah. may go and do them and I think that we had to cover more angles. And so after that, I've approached the episodes much differently. Actually, there's another lesson. I didn't think about this, but I think in the beginning we would often say things like, Oh, if you listen to this show, you're smart enough to know X or you're smart enough to not do Y. And that particular episode was what really drove home to me. It's like, we are not teachers. We're not being paid to educate people. People aren't like, I don't know. We don't have professional certifications. Mm. But in a sense, we are educators and we cannot just assume any level of knowledge of everyone in the audience. So there's like some level of responsibility to say, these are the pitfalls. Maybe you shouldn't do this, you know, or at least we want to make you aware of what can happen and what often does happen when people use this thing wrong. And to that end, uh, I feel like, and lately, because the show has been growing like enormously, um, that this could be someone's first episode. And we could say something assuming that they're a fan of the show or they must have listened in order or something. And I don't think it's a fair assumption. And so to that end, I, I, I've kind of been wanting to maybe go back to the basics a bit, but with a fresh take um, and maybe a bit uh, heavier. I, I think we could do a really good job of some core concepts that I think are still very needed 
you know, to be discussed. Yeah, I think so. There could be a deeper dive or just a refresh take on it. Mm. That makes sense. Like budgeting is a dirty word, but <laughs> yeah. So what's your fourth one? So we, she found this woman called Joan Sotkin and, and I kind of just judged her like based on like what her website looked like. And, uh-huh. you know, and I said no, and we wound up, Laura, Laura like convinced me, and we did the episode, and it basically became like a therapy session for me. Joan taught you to be happy, Andrew. <laughs> it, it was, it, um, it really Stop blew my mind. stressing yourself out. Yeah, you know, it was about like really finding the balance, and yeah. I, uh, you know, it, it, it's like so cliche, and I don't think like you hear all these stories of people doing startups, and I think we're so far from a startup, but, yeah. you know. And then they just like like run themselves into the ground. They don't take care of themselves, whatever. And I mean, it's so easy to caught up in chasing your goal or whatever. You know, like we did in a five questions episode. This last five questions, or possibly in the future, five questions about being able to have fun with your money mm-hmm. and just like. So striking the right balance, being healthy with your relationships, and then not working hard, uh, like due to anxiety, right? Yeah, I'm really very driven by anxiety. What I learned from that episode, which she just kind of drilled into our heads, is basically boils down to stop fucking worrying so much. Mm. She just drilled that home a ton. Like, why are you worrying about this stuff? You know, and even even me, I was like, you know, I'm so logical. I think about, you know, I need to worry about the things I can take action on, but. I think she just helped me reframe it. You know, figure out what you can do and then stop worrying about it. Like I'll tell you, um, the the rate and speed at which I've done things and grown things has slowed down a lot. But I am like a much healthier person and mm-hmm. happier as a result. Um, yeah, there's a there's a podcast I listen to called Cortex, mm-hmm. and there was a really great metaphor on one of their very early episodes where Gray was kind of talking about this. Uh, he basically had like four light bulbs. You know, the ones like your health light bulb, you have your work light bulb, and, you know, you have your free time light bulb and your family light bulb or something like that. And you only have so much current that you can put into all of these. So like if you have 25%, you know, they're all going to be pretty dim. Well, when we're entrepreneurs, a lot of us just tend to put like all of it into the work light bulb. Mm-hmm. So the health light bulb is like off, family light bulbs off. And from a work perspective, it looks like we're doing great, right? We're building so much cool stuff. That's not sustainable though. Mm. And, and over the long term, it's not going to make you happy. So I've seen this with a lot of people and I've seen it in my own life. You, you gradually kind of take some current away from that work light bulb and you put it into health, you put it into free time, you put it into family and friends and relationships and overall you're happier. And yeah, you are accomplishing less. Uh, hopefully like delegating and doing some smart things like that will make the rate of success not slow down too much. But it's just the the nature of the beast. You only have so many hours and so much energy and attention to dedicate to everything. And when you're like, I'm going to be more healthy and I'm going to spend more time with the people I'm close to, you will slow down. And that's fine. You know, and, and I will say to a certain extent when you're starting, say, say you're a freelance writer, you know, like Kat Alford, and she now makes like an insane amount of money and she started writing for other people. Uh, you put like a ton of that current into building the business. Uh, and then it's easy to be stuck in that situation. Um, and I think it's it's being able to scale back, being mm-hmm. able to like tell yourself that you're doing it wrong and you need to change is hard. To stop yeah. like the kind of momentum is hard, but yeah, like oh, so important. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny. Um, I didn't 
finish this, but I was like, what if we did a list of our favorite episodes? And the only one that came to mind was the Joan Sokin one, just because it was, it was so off the wall, like not what I expected it to be. And just like, yeah, in the 80s, I sold crystals. And I know, it's so weird. Like, dude. Just, just this hilarious old lady. So it was a fun episode. It was. She had so much energy and it was it was crazy all the stuff she'd done. She's like 70 years old. She's like, yeah, I was coding HTML websites I back know, in she's like the all these 90s. <laughs> <laughs> she was like one of the first people building websites. Like who would have thought seriously? Yeah, it's so cool. So the fourth lesson that I had was I wrote down the intricacies of mortgages and why the HELOC thing doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what I wah, learned is wah. the HELOC thing doesn't work. Yeah. But I also learned a lot more about mortgages. So we did an episode with our friend Adam Carroll, and he talked about this like HELOC strategy for paying down your, your mortgage faster. And it sounds really good up front. Like when you think about or you know, when we're looking over the numbers and we're thinking about it from a high-level perspective, it sounds great. You're like, oh, you know, I borrow money from my HELOC. I can use that money to pay out a large chunk of my mortgage very quickly. And over time, then the uh, the interest payments overall should be lower because I blasted a huge amount of that money, you know, the, the debt first using my HELOC. But then I did a bunch of math on it. And I remember I sent you, I was looking for it while we were recording here. I sent you this huge text <laughs> that uh, basically boils down to if you were to pay your minimum monthly mortgage payment, just like everyone else, and to take the excess and put it in an index fund or a mutual fund or something, you are basically giving yourself 20 extra years of compound interest in the market at a higher rate of return than what you'd save on the debt. So you end up making more. Whereas if you try to pay down your mortgage faster, or if you use this HELOC strategy, you're taking a lot of money that you could have been investing, you're paying down your mortgage faster, you end up starting your investing like 20 years later and your overall returns when you're older become lower. Now, if you're like 50 years old and you have a mortgage right now instead of my age, then maybe paying off your mortgage faster is a better strategy. But through all the math I did and all the stuff I looked at, it looks like the HELOC thing really doesn't pay off the mortgage faster than just paying more on your mortgage than the minimum payment. And it looks like all these people who do tout the HELOC strategy always Haven't compare it with, enough. they always compare, well, they always compare it with uh, paying off your mortgage at the minimum rate. Mm. And it's one of those things where when you Google it, the sites that come up seem a little shady and they always want your money. And uh, we, we talked to with a, a guy who was going to be a guest. I we was going to say, not, not just talk to them who's going to be a guest. We recorded an episode. And we did a did, whole episode. We did and a ton of work and we trashed it. seemed it. like, yeah, it was, so we had like an hour of recording with a guy and for the first half an hour, he was like convincing us for the most yeah. part. And, and I was like, cool. yes, we're going to show the internet what's <laughs> up. Like, we're going to show that this guy knows what he's talking about. He's like showing us all this stuff. And then I just remember like, there's a little thing in the back of my mind. It's like, there's, it just doesn't seem right. So I kept asking him questions. And after like the half an hour mark, it just sort of like going off the rails, deteriorating. One of us had some sort of question where like, because we were just trying to find a hole in it. We were, we were like sharks. And some one of us asked something and it like was a chink in the armor. And then like the whole house of cards. Came. It was not he started what. Be, yeah, yeah. He started getting a little defensive and he was like, well, don't you want to have freedom with your money? This is the way to have freedom with your money. It's like, it was all this, like this concept of freedom and he would never show us like hard numbers. Dude, after, after we didn't, after we recorded the episode that we didn't air, the guy and this other company that he was, I guess, 
probably getting kickbacks from or something, uh-huh. would not stop emailing me. They were like harassing the shit out of me. Uh, I was yeah. And here's the thing. So mm-hmm. I know the the company that Adam used to because basically like these companies will provide you with a payment schedule that you can use to quote unquote optimize your HELOC strategy. The one that Adam used, it, it cost him like 500 bucks. And the one that this guy wanted us to go talk to, I dug into it. They charge you $3,000 mm. to basically send you a glorified spreadsheet with numbers you're supposed to pay every month. And here's the thing is like this, this shit would be online for free if it worked. Yeah. Or the banks would stop letting it work. Like those, those are the one of the two options that would, that would happen. I, I was talking with Adam and we were going to just do like release and it would be like just a piece of the community or something. But the math didn't, my impression was, um, without putting any more additional cash into your mortgage, you'd be able to pay it down faster. And yeah. that, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. I did the math every which way sideways and you would save like dollars, like 20 yeah, and the thing is, when you pay off your mortgage, now you have the extra thirty k or whatever of debt in the HELOC you got to pay off. So, sure, you pay off your mortgage faster, but you're not being debt free faster. And it's intense. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It's, and I, the thing that always bugged me about it is like, oh, your your net worth, your assets are tied up in debt because you're just dumping it all into the HELOC all the mm-hmm. time. I'd rather have a bank account. <laughs> yeah, when shit goes down, I don't have to so, look to my house to. Yeah, I can like. I don't know. I could put that text somewhere if you guys want, but uh, I had to like dig through my phone to find it, but it's like this monstrously long text message. I don't remember. I I remember we were texting back and forth (laughs) a lot and I was at work and we were just, I was like going crazy on spreadsheets. Send it to me. We'll get in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, So that was my fourth lesson. So stuff doesn't work. That that was a really good lesson. Actually, there were many lessons rolled into that one. Yeah. Um, so my, my fifth one, um, came from a really popular episode. Um, we we found this tool that would help us like name things better. Uh, co-schedule. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's like add in a power thing. word, add in like a blah, blah, blah. So we like yeah. totally um, made this, like we spent like probably an hour trying to make this title. And we came up with how to turn your family into a profitable business. <laughs> um, and, and the episode I felt was way uh, like in line with maybe the awesomeness of the title. It was with Natalie Morris. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic episode. And I learned quite a lot, uh, specifically around how to um, have a business, roll your family into it, and mm-hmm. just save like a stupid amount of money as a result. Um, granted, Laura and I have LMM, whatever, and all this stuff, but uh, you really don't need to make that much money to save quite a lot. Uh, our, we have business meetings now where the business pays for us to go out and talk about business, usually at a restaurant involving cocktails and or <laughs> craft beer. Um, our cell phone bills, we sp- I spend a lot of time. Om- actually, almost solely the use of my phone is for business. So our yeah. cell phones are written off by Listen Money Matters and our internet, yeah. you know? And so we actually reduced our family's cost. But what happens is, so if you were to um, assume your tax rate was 35%, basically everything you put on your business and write off is 35% off. Yeah. So. Uh, I think. When I go to my tax guy, I think we write off like 70% of my phone bill because I, I really do use it mainly for business. Um, one thing I learned from that episode is that you can do a self-directed IRA. 
which I didn't even know was a thing. Dude, that like, is I true. I thought you could only go buy whatever IRA that some company had, but no, you can actually, she's got rental properties in the IRA. Mm, dude, this, that's, so, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, now that I'm in the rental property game, I'm actually talking with Diane from one of the previous episodes. She's helping me. Uh, we're working on that. And so that'll mm-hmm. be, but yeah, she, I, I learned a lot from that episode. Yeah. So was that your last one? That was my last one. Cool. So my last one here that I wanted to talk about was uh, when we talked to, I think his name was Francois Delume, or mm. Delem, uh, I think it was, about life insurance. Oh, policy genius. He was genius. from Policy Genius. Yeah. Um, now, I, had, I knew what life insurance was, but he schooled us on all the other kinds of insurance you can get, like disability insurance, work, uh, what was it? Yeah, I think the, the disability insurance, where there's two types. You can get the one that just pays you money, but like will make you go do a different type of job. And then there's the one where it's like, if you can't do your specific job, then then we'll pay you money and they, mm. we won't go force you to be a Walmart greeter. And just like learn about all these different kinds of insurance and uh, just sort of making me think about stuff I might want to do if I ever have a family or something like that. You know, uh, that also taught me a lot. And, and I've since changed like my things at work and we, I now have like life insurance for me because mm-hmm. I used to think like I'm not going to die unless like I get hit by an asteroid and <laughs> you know so I'll just have asteroid insurance um, well, you're in New York City like you're going to get hit by a taxi or by Casey Neistat on a longboard or something but um, I, I we got an email recently and someone was like um, why would I do life insurance because if I don't die I pay into this thing like is there a way that I can cash out of it and it's one of these like dirty things where it's really not a great investment until it's like the best investment ever yeah and I think like you are obviously hoping that you don't die but if you do like why don't you not fuck your family over well the one thing we were talking about in the episode uh, I mean Francois confirmed this because it seemed to me that there's a higher likelihood that you would become disabled and unable to work mm. than just straight up die. So I was like, wouldn't it be better to buy disability insurance than it would be to buy life insurance? And he was like, it's it's very possible. The only problem is that disability insurance is quite a bit more than life insurance. So um, if that ever happens and I'm like I, on the operating table and I'll probably be disabled, I think I'll just be like, just kill him. And then it'll pay out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little dark. Yeah, sorry. I don't think your family wants to pull the plug just to get the life insurance money. I'm I'm a third through a rogue beer, so that kind of stuff happens. (laughs) All right, so those are our lessons. Here's to another 100 episodes. Mm. Hopefully we'll learn some some cool stuff. Cheers, dude. Cheers with my lacrosse. Clink. Clink. (laughs) I don't know if if people hear that. I I clinked the uh, pot filter. Mm. <laughs> anyway guys uh, we'll have all the episodes we talked about linked up in the show notes for this episode and if you got questions that you would like to answer on future episodes then you can either email us we are listen money matters at gmail.com or join our community of money nerds over at listen money slash join and uh, we've also got our favorite books resources apps and tools and everything that you can use to improve your financial life over at listen money slash toolbox So check that out if you're curious. That's all we got. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in next week's episode. Later, man. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 
We'd like to thank SoFi for supporting the show. If you have debt, you should make it cheaper. Visit SoFi.com for details. Taking care of business every day.